so dope. We are live up and running. So hello everyone. Thank you for joining another episode of Neon Talk. Today our guest is a rapper and entrepreneur, Higher Thinking. Today's episode 87. And uh, well, just welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you on. It's your first time here. It is. It is definitely my first time here. So and, like I was so crazy. Like I was like, oh, nine o'clock. And then I was like, wait. I don't think she lives in Idaho, so I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, I'm glad we uh, we figured out that time that time lapse for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> um, for sure. So, what have you been uh, what have you been up to during like these quarantine times? I know on your social media, you've at least been keeping busy, still uh, doing some some artistic things here and there. Yeah, uh, I've been focusing a lot on battle rap and trying to get myself uh, better uh, with that format of of hip hop, and then. I've been also doing a lot of, like, I guess, like, soul-searching in a sense, like, trying to really take this time to figure out myself and really what I want to do as far as, like, an artist or where I want to focus my energies, you know what I mean? Because you, you stretch yourself so thin that you really don't move anywhere, you know? Oh, 100%. No, trust me. I I definitely get that. Once you put so much on your plate, you know, it becomes almost overwhelming, and your original goals are so far off at that point. You know, definitely being able to take time like this to kind of a forced time to come back, reground yourself, refine yourself. No, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely a good time too, like because uh, it's also been like a thing, like like it's helped like my marriage and like spending time with my wife and like really kind like taking a step back from being so consumed with like music and and uh, expressing myself that now it's like oh that's right i have a you know like oh i have a partner and i have like like responsibilities as an adult that i have to like look at too and i'm like oh shit i've been really far away from that you know just trying to focus on one but stretched out so thin in that one subject i don't know it's weird no i mean i definitely from personal experience i definitely know exactly where you're coming from but i'm glad to hear that you finally found your balance again yeah for sure it's been a you know, it's a it's it's a it's a journey. It's an odyssey. I'd like to say, you know. Okay, I like that word. I don't think I've heard that one before. Like mm-hmm. within the, the same the same context, of course. Well, let's uh, yeah. let's step back for like those people who don't really know you and know about your music and everything. So when uh, you know, tell us a little bit about the beginning, kind of how um, your whole rap career kind of started with you. Oh man, like honestly, uh, how it all started was. When I was really growing up, like, like I was born and raised in Sunnyvale, California. So, like, uh, it's if, – if anybody who don't know, it's basically Santa Clara, San Jose. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, the new 49er Stadium was at, is at now. I'm, like, 10 blocks – I used to, I was born, like, 10 blocks away from it. And so uh, in, like, fourth or fifth grade, I think, is when I started really, like, focusing on – not focusing on music, but, like, just falling in love with it and i used to want to be like an r&b singer and i felt like oh my god that's what i'm gonna do like casey and jojo the heck out of it you know yeah. and uh my buddy hit me up my buddy and i were all hanging out at the park and there was like four or five of us and we were just trying to figure out ways to make money and my buddy's like, hey bro and no uh basically what happened was i was sitting down and we were all sitting at this park bench and i started singing or something and my buddy's like yo we should get you on, like, let's get you, let's, let's, uh, 
let's go to the movie theaters and let's try to sing and make some money like that. I was all, bet. All right, let's do it. And then, you know, because I was never shy. So I was just like, yeah, let's do it. And that's what we did. And then that's where I really started finding a love for music. But I didn't really know what I was doing. It was just more like, oh, I'm making money for my friends so we can go to the movies and hang out and be cool, you know, stuff like that. And uh, after that, it was like, you know, I I moved uh, like when I was like 13 from California to Idaho. Mm. And uh, when I got to Idaho, you know, I was like, singing and doing stuff like that but nothing like crazy and then I started writing because I you know I moved I didn't know anybody really so it was more just me like trying to express my pain and like you know 13 year old pain you know what I'm saying like uh what I felt like was going on in my life at the time and uh I don't know like I think like my freshman year of high school is when I got introduced to a homie of mine who was older uh Stevie G uh here in Weezer Idaho um, he knew a studio in Ontario, Oregon, which was like literally like 20 minutes, 30 minutes away from where I am now mm. in Weezer. And uh, he introduced me to him. I sang a hook for somebody and uh, hit him up. Be like, hey, bro, how can I get my own music? Like, I want to I want to do my own stuff. He's like, oh, dude, 40 bucks, bro. 40 bucks a song. I'll get you in. Boom. So then I just started like hustling in any way I could to make some money and to start doing my own stuff and then i sold my first mixtape for like 300 or i sold my first mixtape for five dollars a piece i sold 300 of them in my in my high school even like teachers bought it and they were like playing it in the classroom and stuff so i was like yo that's fire but obviously with a cooler terminology back then so what would you like, so, you know, saying you used to be able to, like, you guys used to go out and try to make money to go to the movies. What now, obviously your writing didn't kind of progress until, as you said, until you kind of moved. So what type of music were you guys expressing back then when you were just trying oh, to make, make money? So like my mom was real is really into like oldies, like the Temptations, the Manhattans, uh, you know, Johnny Flamingo, yep. like every and anything you know what i mean and then i used to listen to a lot of like casey and jojo uh freaking brian mcknight and you know r&b stuff like that and just whatever and uh that's pretty much what i would do i would just go and walk up to couples at at uh like the local starbucks or like the little i don't know what you call them it's like it's a movie theater but then like all around it is like like a shopping like an open mall kind of like a yeah like a shopping center yeah, basically that's what it is. Yeah, and so I used to just go there, and I'll be like, "Hey, can I make your can I make your evening better by singing you a song?" And you know, you can get away with that at fifth grade, fourth grade. So, yeah. you know, I'll be like, "For twenty five cents, I'll do that for you," and they're like, "Cool." And so I would do it, and they give me like five bucks. You know, like what a little kid just sang for me. That's cool. And one time, yeah, people were like super supportive of it. Actually, surprisingly, especially in California, like people in California are like, "Bro." get away you know what I mean like <laughs> you know what I'm saying so like one time I actually was able to sing so like I got to know this guy at a, at a Ben and Jerry's like ice cream shop and he just like got a kick out of it of me singing and stuff and so he had me stand on a table and sing in front of like all these people that were coming in for a free ice cream cone day or something like that mm. he's like bro just sing bro just sing like do it do it i was all uh, okay and then just like saying it was hella funny 
And then he just gave me like 20 bucks. I was all dope. But everybody was tipping him. So he was probably making a good chunk of change. But it's all good. You know, it's love. That's funny. That's so funny. So you've been basically your version of a lemonade stand was going out to shopping centers and singing. That's really cool. Yeah, it's because like, like I grew up in the Bay Area and like in the Bay Area, it's kind of like it breeds. I don't want to say hustlers because I wasn't like, well, I was, you know, that's pretty much what it was. Like they bred hustlers. Like you felt like because a lot of people didn't really have a lot, you know, so mm-hmm. they wanted you to, but you still had to fit in and buy Nikes and wear Dickies and, you know, dress in the style and stuff like that. And, you know, I was just like a really nerdy kid in like Walmart Wranglers and uh, Hawaiian t-shirts. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so I was just like, all right, you know, I, I mean, I didn't want to get beat up and stuff like that. So it was like, okay, I better, I better try to do something and make some money and get myself into that. So that's what I did was, you know, oh, I want to go to the movies. I want to have fun with all my friends. So that's what we did. <laughs> that's dope, man. That's dope. So, um, you know, so once moving forward, you started kind of progressing with your music career and started trying to find yourself more. When did the, the name Higher Thinking come into play? And what's the story behind that? Uh, actually, what's funny about that is I actually just renamed myself like two, three years ago. Really? Uh, higher Thinking. Yeah. So when I started making music, um, and like, oh, I'm a rapper now, you know, uh, I actually went by the name dreams, <laughs> you know, middle school thinking, oh, yep. that's, that's dope. That's fire. Yeah. Dreams. dreams. So I went on MySpace, and uh, I was looking up one day and I was like, I was like looking up stuff and I'm like, man, is there anybody named dreams on, on, on MySpace? If not, then I'm going to stick with it. And I used to tag it everywhere and I thought I was super cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I went. And I looked it up, and there was, like, three or four, like, Chicano rappers, like, bigger name artists, like, higher power type artists that were already making tons of moves with that name. And so I was just like, oh. <laughs> so, um, and I don't, I'm not trying to, like, promote, like, criminal, like, criminal activity or nothing, but uh, I got in trouble um, in high school, and I caught a felony. And so when I got my burglary charge, everybody called me sticky, sticky fingers, basically. And so I was like, you know what? Everybody just calls me that anyway, so that's my rap name now. And I was sticky for, like, many years uh, till, like, yeah, two, three years ago when I, I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to take rap seriously. I'm going to start doing, like, actual stuff and, like, getting to perform and doing more. So what, what had actually happened was, so Oregon legalized marijuana. Mm-hmm right and so they were like oh farming that's what's gonna make you millions and you're gonna do all this stuff so me and my wife actually were sitting down one day and like just jokingly we're like oh yeah dude we should make our own farm or whatever and like we're like oh you know what well and then we just started like kept joking about it so much that we were like oh let's do it and we got all hype about it and we were like looking at all the facts like everything that they need and mm-hmm. all this stuff and you know what i mean like everything you need to do to grow your own farm we're like what are we gonna name it we're like higher thinking farms yo you know mm-hmm. so everybody's like oh that's so fire you know yeah and uh, that's kind of what went on like we were just like oh yeah higher thinking higher thinking and then eventually like we started realizing oh, okay you need like two three hundred thousand just to start before you even put a plant in the ground and, you know, like, we're like, well, ain't nobody giving anybody, like, you know, ain't nobody giving out loans for that. 
So we were just like, eh, maybe we should hold off. But I'm like, I love the name. And I was like, dude, the name is so fire. Like, I love yeah. it. So I just adopted it and made it my rap name. And then it just went from there. Like, I hit up a friend, and he had uh, a, a friend in Bend, Oregon. His name is Chandler P. And he has this uh, 12th Street Media. And so he made my logo, and, you know, we just went from there. And I just kept promoting it ever since. But the meaning behind it is just uh, – I don't know if that's what you asked. I'm trying to get to the... No, you're good. You're good. But uh, basically, like, what it means is just, like, thinking at a higher level than what you're normally at. Like, challenging your own thinking and your own process to fully understand a situation before you just jump out and go do something, you know? Or, like, like uh, react emotionally. And so that's kind of what I was entailing. And uh, it's all about, like, positivity and getting yourself to a better situation and to, to think above whatever negative, uh, whatever negative outlets or negative experiences you might have had in your past to just elevate from that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I mean, that's definitely something I've seen portrayed as you as an artist through your social media and stuff is a very – you know, this strong essence of, you know, having a positive mindset, having this positive outlook, you know, really taking the time to, to step back and analyze things before um, jumping on anything in general. And I, I can greatly appreciate that, you know, coming from someone who also kind of has that same type of mindset as well. So would you say that when you changed your name to Higher Thinking that you kind of also changed your brand too, or has your music always kind of been the same? Um, no. I honestly it's it's been a big change like not only has it changed like musically but just as myself as a person like I've always been the hey let's be positive happy kind of guy and at like one point I was like a Christian and going to church and and even evangelizing and like reading my bible every day and all this other stuff but you know things happen and um, I don't know I kind of had like this epiphany to where like well maybe it's not that I need God necessarily it was just more like I just need to to better rely on myself and I'm never going to be able to love anybody or love or put love into anything unless I am that factory you know what I mean so I can't portray or pretend to be a positive outlet if I'm not really a positive outlet or building positive energy within myself so it was like when I made that decision it was like that moment where I was like okay me myself I need to be that I need to like forgive myself for the the negative actions that I've made upon myself or to other people you know what I mean and then going from that route because um to to be real with you like to be vulnerable for a little bit um I suffered a lot of depression growing up and like I didn't have a dad growing up so like you know like I didn't really have that way of expressing or 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 someone explaining to me like hey as a you know as a man you got to do this or a man you got to be that or you got to do this so it was more like me trying to figure out everything on my own in a more gang influential environment so still trying to learn the struggles of that plus being around other broken individuals who are still trying to figure it out for themselves and all of us trying to learn something together while still trying to figure out who we are you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it was kind of in that sense so never really understanding or trying to understand my emotions or what I was going through it just kind of began to be a burden almost 
or uh, myself. So recently, like when I found God, I it influenced me to really look at myself and to be honest, you know, and to like um, just to be honest in general to make a a better outlet, you know, for myself at first and to forgive myself for the things that happened and what other people did to me and et cetera, et cetera, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I think that you couldn't have said that more beautifully. I think I, well, at least I hope that that's resonated with a lot of people because, you know, a lot of people do struggle with, you know, that, that not, I wouldn't say self identity, but you know, just the identity within itself and really having that deeper understanding of who you are and the actions that you take controlling basically where your life's at and you know it's definitely not easy and it takes practice and continuously you know failing and learning and retrying things but you know, to be oh, able definitely. to get to that point is is very valuable um whether in just life in general and then also in business too having that different outlook right exactly because like i you know like i've talked to a lot of people and uh I'm just a social guy. Like, I've always been that way. Like, you know, I've never been one about borders or, or like, skin colors or whatever to make myself feel that, you know, to separate myself. I've never been that person. Mm -hmm. I've freaking – I think my mother told me a story a long time ago about when I was, like, three. And she told me that I was terrified of shots. And I still am. Like, I ain't going to lie. Needles? No, thank you. <laughs> Except tattoo needles. I'm cool with tattoo needles. I was that's not, different. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm like, no way, Jose. But um, I guess when I was like three, I was like terrified. Like I just like got so scared of this needle that like I like they had to have like like these ladies like hold me down so they can get like, you know, this is like 1990s. Yeah. So they still had those kind of weird practices where they kind of get away with stuff like that. Yeah. So they like held me down to give me a shot with the permission of my mother and I guess, like, I broke free and, like, ran out, and, like, apparently there was this, like, little girl who was, like, crying in a room because she was about to get a shot, and I apparently, like, ran up to this little girl and was, like, trying to make her laugh so she could have this shot, and then it just went from there, so, and then I obviously got caught because I was running, and then, you know, I had to get my shot, and then, you know, then I had to do that, but, you know, it was just, like, I don't know, they just described who I am in a sense. Like, when my mom told me that, I was like, damn, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So no. it's just who I've always been. And, uh, man, I forgot what my point was for that. But nonetheless, um, yeah, like, just uh, in general, like, we're talking, we're talking a lot of people and stuff like that. Like, I've learned in business that, like, my, uh, my boy Skilly Waves, I don't know if you know who that is, but, you know, he's a cool homie of mine over in Twin Falls, Idaho, but uh, he told me, he gave me some good advice one day, and he said, bro, you can be busy all you want, but you have to be productive, so, and I took that to, to heart, because um, to, to be productive, you really need to know yourself and your niche, and what really you're trying to strive for, kind of like how you are, you know what I'm saying, like, mm -hmm. like your whole is about, your whole podcast is about growth, and and positivity and being that positive light mm -hmm. in a sense and giving people that platform to speak. So, um, it was, it's kind of in the same, the same realm, you know, like me, myself, I've never been the type of person that's just like, Hey, let's, let's try to, you know, be dramatic and get into all this drama and fight with everybody. Like, I just want love, you know what I mean? And equality and peace. Yeah. So 
um, that's what my brand is, you know, like that's what I want it to be. I don't want it to be about violence or like drug addiction and whatever else that a lot of artists are talking about these days. Like it's a real thing and we should cover those subjects, but um, I don't feel like it should be praised in a sense. So that's what I'm about. I've always been that way. As far as for battle rap, um, you know, because that's kind of a different spectrum. It's kind of like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type deal. You know what yeah. I mean? But uh, in a in a sense, it's weird because in battle rap, there's so much love outside the camera. Yeah. And so people like I've talked to people from like Washington, like battle rappers who are bigger who have bigger plates and talk to like bigger artists and like URL and uh, KOTD and like big windows like that or big media platforms that'll talk to you and give you advice on how to be at their level, you know? Mm -hmm. So in a sense, it's like battle rap is a, uh, um, a therapeutic way of, of passing on that passing or uh, releasing that aggression in a creative manner because yeah, you could fight someone, right? But why not write angry poetry at somebody because it's, you know, no, I the grease in it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that for sure. So, I mean, obviously with COVID, I'm sure things have kind of this slowed down in that sense. But have you guys, like, still have plans to go forward with Keep Shooting More? Yes, yes. Actually, what's funny about that, there's actually still been battle rap happening but it's online battles now. So it's kind of like in the same sense, like how we are, or mm -hmm. it'll be in a way that like, I'll record my video and then they'll record their video and then somebody will put it together and that'll be the round or whatever. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Like that there's this one, I think it's called the underground battle league or online underground, online underground battle league or something like that. They do that or like four MCs by MCs. We're also trying to do that as well as the Eastern Oregon Battle Coalition. That's my team. That's who I run with. And those are the people that have supported me through this battle rap journey. That's awesome, man. No, that's crazy. So how would you – do you like the, the idea and the expression of battle rap a little bit more than you like being on stage? Or how would you compare those two? Uh, it's kind of like – to me personally, it's like peanut butter and jelly almost like – they're both good and they're great together. It's just, they're different, you know, like when you're, when you're doing battles, it's more of like an aggressive, uh, competition. While when I'm out there performing on stage, it's not even really about me. You know what I mean? Like for me personally, when I'm on stage, it's like, what can I do for the crowd to make this a better experience for them? And how can I do that? in a way with what I have as far as like music for battle rap is like, how can I, uh, how can I belittle this person in an entertaining way, but not like, like be like truly hateful to this person. But like, how can I get like strategically get one over on this person, uh, lyrically, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, like friendly sport, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think that's really cool because it challenges you in a completely different aspect than it does when you're normally just writing for yourself and writing on stage. You know, you are obviously still writing for yourself, but in a completely different format and expressing it towards someone else as well and not just expressing yourself. I think that's really, really cool. And I think that, um, you know, it's cool to see that it's growing more again, too. I mean... It's not like I've, you know, have been in an underground rap scene at all my life, but I mean, it's just right. exciting to see that type of 
um, friendly competition and support, you know, is still going around even yeah. in more like the underground level of it. Right. And it's crazy, too, because, like, even though people will talk mad smack to each other and, and people will get, like, let their aggression get the best of them. and But at the end of the day, like, if they're on the same team and somebody bashes that team or that state, dude, they're they're friends. You know what I mean? They're like, nah, hey, you ain't talking about my state or you ain't talking about my team, whatever, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? It's like this unity that forms with it. And then it becomes something so much more because you're like um, – with your teammates like you're going in there and you're like hey bro you need to do this and this to help you out and to to better you and here's my example of that or like hey bro this person's doing you know this person says it like this and this but like that doesn't work for you why don't you try it like this you know mm -hmm. and be more original or whatever and it's like empowering almost and the team the team aspect of it is so nice because like me personally i've always been um I don't want to say I was an outcast or like a loner or nothing because I've always had friends, but I've always been the kind of person that's been more focused on myself really than trying to like be this, you know, mm -hmm. especially as an artist. You no, know, I've always been a single artist. Like I've never tried to be anything more because of um, I never know who's going to match that drive or who's going to keep that going. And when you rely on somebody like that, it's like, if they fall out, then you kind of fall out too. Cause you're like, Oh, this is my, you know, my musical support in a sense. So I always felt to be alone in that sense, but with battle rap, it's not like that, you know, like, um, you can, somebody can fall out or whatever, but like, there's still a, a group of people who are still hungry that are trying to make it. And so you can reach out and network so much easier and, uh, show so much love and grow and learn so much from people in a sense rather than like being just an artist it, it's almost i feel personally like it's harder mm -hmm. to be a, just a regular artist and to always constantly grow content but as a battle rapper it's almost easier for me personally mm -hmm. uh because how easy it is to network with everybody you know mm -hmm. or at least for me i don't know it could be completely different for the next man or yeah. woman yeah, no, I definitely know what you mean. I think that's really cool that, you know, it does give you, like I said earlier, kind of that different outlet, but at the same way still staying around the same track of, you know, your career and your passion. Um, that's really yeah. cool. So, you know, one thing I did notice, which I'm sure, you know, things are probably up in the air about this, you were supposed to have your first tour this year with Dirty Shirt yes. and Zero, Shout Out, and Ace Flow, which out of that whole That's group, is Ace Flow is the Love only the one that hasn't been on the podcast. You gotta get him Ace on. Is, bro, like, he <laughs> works. He's, like, like, super dad, and, you know, he's doing all sorts of stuff, man. I, like, every time I think of, like, what I do as an artist, I'm like, damn. Am I doing enough? Because like, every time I hear about what Ace Flo be doing, I'm like, damn, am I doing enough? Like, I don't know. He motivates me. You know what I'm saying? Those, those are my guys, though. Dirty Shirt. Me, Dirty Shirt, and Flo uh, have been rapping on the same stages for a long time. And Zero has just been such a big influence for the City of Trees. You know what I mean? And so he just does a lot. So, like, to be on the same stages and share the same stages with those artists, like it's a, it's an honor in my, it, to me personally, like it's an honor to be on that with them. It's crazy though. Like to be on a tour, like I've never figured like, how the hell would I do that? You know? Yeah. It's crazy. So is everything still going through like officially then, even with COVID you guys are still going on tour? Uh, 
as far as I know, yeah. I'm nobody's ever said that we're canceling or anything awesome. like that, man. And as far as I know, like, hey, man, if I die, I die. So, you know, like, <laughs> at least you went on tour. <laughs> yeah, like for me personally, like to be real with you, like, you know, uh, music saved my life. But so if that's what takes me out, by all means, you know, <laughs> I was gonna live a lot less longer if it wasn't for music. So hey, any minute. How I see it, any minute longer that I'm alive is just another, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, how, would I, how would I say this correctly? Uh, I didn't expect me to live so long, so every day that I'm given is a gift because it's another day that I'm beating my record in a sense. <laughs> I love that. No, man, I really, really love that. Um, and I think another cool thing about, you know, all those artists that you're going on tour with, I mean, they, I had the pleasure of obviously, you know, talking with Dirty Shirt and Zero Two. Um, and just all of you guys have the same, you know, set mindset of this, this positivity and this, you know, love and sharing of just like joy and entertainment and, you know, the passion that you all have. I can't. I can only imagine how good like the tour is going to be in regards to the inspi inspiration you'll be giving to so many people through all of your different styles of music. Right. Espe right. Especially. Yeah. Because like we are so different, like, like uh, zero is so, so vulnerable in his music. You know what I mean? Like when he speaks, like you feel that shit, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he's raw when it comes to that. And dirty shirt is very, uh, I don't want to say clubby because he's not clubby. He's very he's in tune with the crowd, and so when he raps, it's very for the crowd. But it's him, you know. Like you get Robbie Menard, you get Dirty Shirt, yeah. And it, it's fun, it's exciting, you know. And so it's always such a good thing. But he's so loving, you know. You can't hate that guy, or at least me personally, I can't hate. I can't hate the dude. No, he's he's, he's you know, Neon he's, Black fam. I can't. I can't complain yeah. either, man. <laughs> I see that. I seen that. I was like, ooh, that's a cool ass hat. I saw that beanie, the blue one. Oh yeah. It was. I was like, ooh, I need to get me that. I, I'm gonna hit you up. We gonna we gonna we gonna get this. I got you. Um, I got but, you. Uh, yes. <laughs> and Ace is so so uh, so grounded. Like he's like. Uh, how do I want to say it? Like, you know, like uh, for like electricity, when you have that grounded pole so that the currency can go to the current can go to that currency. Wow. Um, <laughs> but the current mean. can go to that so that it can be well grounded. That's him. Like everybody is so eccentric in their own way, but he's like the ground, the grounding right there to kind of keep everybody aligned and, and focused, you know, because he's so driven when it comes to that. Like he says he's going to do something. He'll do it and then go beyond that. You know what I mean? And so, like, being around such influential people, each one really has influenced me to become a better person, not only as an artist, but as just a person in general. Oh, 100%. I mean, and I think that's, you know, that's really important growing, you know, with other artists around you that you know influence you like that. Um, it's, you know, this is another thing I kind of wanted to ask about because I feel like, you know, especially with times like this where we have you know so many chaotic things going on in the world right now artists have a platform and a voice that a lot of people are you know willing to listen to and happy to follow you know especially if they believe in that artist do you feel like it's important for artists to be inspirational leaders because of that oh indefinitely like you know we are giving the gift we are given the gift of a platform to speak 
our deepest thoughts and to be vulnerable and people connect to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you could go in and speak the most, uh, saddest, hor- horrific music, whatever, you know, you just speak whatever you want and somebody's going to be connected to that somewhere. Someone's feeling that exact same emotion. So when people, when things are going on, like there are now, like the COVID and the, the Black Lives Matter movement, the protests, whatever, everything that's going on, like for an artist to not use that platform to express themselves and to, to give such a positive, influential message and then choose not to use it, it's almost like you're, you're failing as an artist, you know, because like you're supposed to be that, you're that guidance, you know what I mean? So when artists don't use that and they just stay quiet, you're really like, in a sense like just accepting things the way they are and just allowing people to do whatever it is that they're doing you know like people are looking for guidance people there's a lot of followers that are following other followers you know so as as artists we should be leaders and showing people how like how to react to certain things and how to grow and become a more positive influence for their own communities and their own people and their own lives for other people no, for sure, man. I think that's, I couldn't have said it more beautifully. Um, you know, especially <laughs> shake out. <that>. Um, <laughs> right. So, and, and, you know, having these platforms, I know like, you know, you, you, <laughs> you have a, another platform aside from just your music. You do podcast, um, the small town loser podcast. Tell me a little bit about yes. that. Um, it's a kind of under reconstruction right now. It's been a, I haven't had to be real, like to be honest. And I know, it's a dangerous word to say. It's a dangerous phrase to say, but I haven't had the time to really sit down and um, do and, and really plan what I want to do with Small Town Losers. At first, it was actually going to be me and my wife. Uh, actually, before that, it was going to be a group of us doing it. We had a fallout. You know, things happen. Mm-hmm. And then uh, me and my wife were going to do it. But at the time, we weren't emotionally set with it you know what i mean and so we were having issues and things were going on and you know life happens so yeah it kind of was put on pause and then during this whole covid thing uh i was at work and i work at a marijuana farm here in oregon or in oregon and uh so i've been really falling in love with marijuana and the properties of it and the things and the movements coming with it and the the meanings behind it and all of the medical benefits that happen with it. And I'm fairly, I'm not, how do, how do I explain it? I'm fairly new to it. I've, I've smoked and I've done certain things. And I'm not trying to say neon is anything with that. I don't know, you know, where you guys stand with that. But um, I kind of, what I, my goal is, is I want to make a more informational, uh, a more positive informational uh, podcast that will actually focus on people like me who aren't so knowledgeable when it comes to marijuana and give them that platform to be like, hey, this is what BHO is and what it what effects it has. This is what an indica strain is and this is what sativa means and this is what they're talking about this and that, you know? That's yeah. what I want small town losers to be. I want it to grow to be a more positive influence uh, in the marijuana community because I feel like there's so many people in my own neighborhood, in my own surrounding area that are so against it and so 
um, upset by it and, and stuck in this old reefer madness uh, view of it. You know what I mean? So for me personally, I want to reach out to those kind of people and show them like, look, okay, maybe you're right in some senses. Maybe you are. I don't know. You know what I mean? And maybe there are, you have good points and no one's going to take that away from you. But um, it's kind of like at this point, it's so new. It's like having your first child in a sense. Oregon had its first child and now we're just trying to learn how to take care of it. We're learning as we go so you having your opinion you should be able to voice that yes but you should also have an open mind when you speak to be able to understand and listen to what's going on and to have a better opinion for yourself so maybe yeah maybe recreational isn't the right thing but medically that's going to influence and help somebody and get them off of like painkillers and and whatever you know but at the same time you need both like some people can't get a prescription for uh, an eighth of, you know, Girl Scout mm-hmm. cookies. But you know what I mean? But they need to go to somewhere and get that med- that mental relaxation to be able to go to sleep or to eat or to function or to do whatever, you know. And no doctor is going to tell them like, oh, yeah, do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, that's what I want to do with that, with small town losers, because I live in a small town. And everybody, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you smoke weed, you're a loser. Or you work in the marijuana industry, you're a loser. So why not run with it? You know what I mean? You can't hurt me if that's what I'm calling myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's really, really cool, man. I think that's awesome. I definitely think that there isn't enough uh, educational um, just podcasts, uh, like videos in general. They've been coming out with a lot more documentaries lately, but... I mean, the whole sense of hearing it on a podcast, I think, is very, very cool. Um, you know, it's some, that's something I would tune into, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. And I so if anybody things. takes this, though, like anybody takes that idea, I only want 5%. And uh, I'll even give you the logo for 25%. But, you know, it just is what it is. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep the business on tack, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, that's awesome. Well, uh, I guess jumping back a little bit to the music, kind of like the last thing I really want to talk about is um, kind of what you've got coming up going forward. I know that you recently released um, your music video, Stuck in My Ways, in February of this year. Um, yeah. What are your What are your plans for the rest of this year, music-wise, other than the tour, of course? Well, what I wanted to do, what I want to do still is right before, um, whatchamacallit, this whole thing goes crazy. I want to have a EP drop, only five songs called The Galloway before tour. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it just because COVID kind of put everything to a halt, but um, I want to try and get back into that and make it called The Galloway. And it was supposed to drop June 16th, but with COVID and everything going on, it's kind of hard to make that, make that goal a reality. But um, my new goal just to get it done before tour. So, um, and it's just kind of more of like a, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like, uh, nostalgic almost. Like I want it to be nostalgic in a sense that it's like me being me who I am now, but influenced by the past and, and giving praise, not praise, but giving, um, a light to it because without 
our past and everything that we've gone through and what we've done, we never would be the person that we are today. So it's like calling it the Galloway is like my sense of saying thank you to my past and for it being the way that it was, regardless of how hard the hardships were or how impossible I felt or how close I was to like even committing suicide. Um, I want to give thanks to that because it, no matter what, even the most darkest of my times have made me become the positive light that I feel that I'm striving to be. Man, that just makes me so happy to hear. Like, this is this is why I love this podcast. It gives people like yourself who have other mindsets to be able to inspire other people. And, you know, that's something I've talked about in the past before, too, is just simply, right. you know, it, it, you got, have to accept. You have to, you know, reflect and analyze and, you know, things. You might not be happy with everything in the past, but definitely being thankful for everything that's happened because we wouldn't be where we are today without it. That is for sure. Exactly. You know, like you never think about that kind of stuff. Like a lot of people run from their past and they don't want to accept what has happened. But in reality, like we can grow so much from it through, I don't want to say embracing it, but just facing it mm -hmm. and, and, and being able to analyze and getting the, the strength from it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like working out in a sense. Like when you first start working out, everything's just sore. Everything sucks. You hate it. I still hate it. I just started working out, me and my wife. So it sucks sometimes. But I mean like when you start seeing the definition and you start seeing the progress and you start feeling good later, you know, and like even though you're sore, you're like, you're like, man, like, yo, I feel great. Like I can go for a walk right now. I can do this. I can do that. Like I feel unstoppable in a sense. So in a, when you go in and you're doing those, you're like looking at the struggle that you're that you're trying to avoid when you go through and keep, you know, working with it and, you know, fighting with it and, and understanding it, the, the more like first it hurts and you're sore and you hate it. But eventually, like you learn to love yourself from in, in what's the word I'm looking for from uh, experiencing it and becoming this uh beautiful person from it like yo yeah life sucks but i lived through that i grew through that i broke free from that and now look at this beautiful person that i am you know what i mean or look at this this accomplishment that i've overcame you know and people don't see it that way a lot of people just say oh this is what it is i'm not that that's not me that never happened they run from it and bro i don't know about you but eventually you're going to have to stop and take a rest, and you're going to have to face that. You know what I mean? You get tired, for sure. I think, you know, again, you couldn't have said it better. I've absolutely, I love this episode. This has been great. This has been so good. Um, <laughs> so I guess to kind of just wrap things up, obviously, other than letting everybody know where they can find all of your stuff, um, I want you to leave everybody with one piece of advice. Yo, and 100%. Always follow your gut. No matter what, follow your gut. Because whatever anybody tells you, people will never truly understand the the amount of love that you have for something because they've never been at the level of, of love that you're at. Because nobody knows you. Nobody can ever really feel you you know what i'm saying and so no matter how much we feel that we can truly understand somebody we'll never understand the volume of that so always follow your gut 
and no matter what you do. So if your gut tells you to keep moving, then you better keep moving because that is the 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 vibe of life expressing like, dude, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is where you're supposed to go. This is what you you got to get through it. Just keep rolling. You know what I mean? And so that's what it, that's, that's that's my that's my advice is just follow your gut and have faith. You know what I mean? Like have faith in the process. Have faith in yourself. Have faith in the love and the the experiences because no matter what like you're you're gonna go through hard times you're gonna fail time and time and time again but man like follow your gut your gut's gonna keep telling you to keep moving your gut's gonna tell you to do it one more time and to keep going your brain's gonna tell you to stop but your gut is gonna be like bro no keep rolling <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it's, it's like that you know you gotta be the one to you got to follow that gut. That gut's going to tell you when something's off, when something ain't right. Your gut's going to tell you when, you know, when things are going and when things are good and when things are got to slow down and look at yourself and, you know, pick up the pieces from that last battle. Same thing. That's what it is. Follow your gut always. I love it, man. I love it. Well, they can find you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and Spotify. I don't know what music platforms you're all on, but I know you're on Spotify. Ooh, I I was on Distro Kid, so I'm on Spotify, uh, iTunes. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, it's just all of them. I'm on yeah, all, yeah. Of them. <laughs> all of them. All of them. Higher thinking. H Y R thinking. Thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's not an acronym. It's just spelled different, so that you can find me even better. H Y R thinking. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. Well, for everyone who's been watching, if you guys like this, please definitely give it a like or a share if you've learned something informational, because I know I sure have. Um, and thank you so much for coming on. I've had an absolute blast learn, like talking to you, learning so much about your past. And, you know, I'm super excited to uh, to get you on here, hopefully after like all your touring's done, and we'll, we'll catch back up and uh, see how all that goes. Oh, no doubt. I would definitely love to come back because I love this show. I appreciate you so much, Paige. Y'all have a good one, all right? Appreciate and remember, you, man. remember, how you're thinking, how you're living. Hey. I love it. <laughs> Bye, man. Have a good one. You too. Peace out, Cub Scout. Bye.